Well, good morning to each and every one of you. It's good to be together. And as we have said often uh, here as we are emerging and coming back together, we do not take for granted our assembling together. It is good that we are together. And for those of you that uh, may be joining us uh, via live stream and other means, we are uh, thankful that you're, uh, you're with us today. We uh, continue this sermon series that uh, really does focus on the, on the church. Uh, we have just sung that the one foundation of the church is Christ, uh, her Lord. And indeed, Christ is the very foundation of uh, this church, of, 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 of the entirety of the church, the body of Christ. We, um, we seek to find our place in it. And we know that as we um, are together, uh, there is a unity that comes in Christ's spirit. We are uh, clearly uh, built up. We huddle up together. We even grow up together. In all of that, we, uh, we find ourselves strengthened as a church. And so today, we continue to read in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, where Paul does concern himself with the church. Today, we read from Ephesians 4, verses 7 through 13. Let's hear this from God's Word. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He, he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the, the teachers, to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. This is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take our lives and apply them to this word. May God bless each and every one of us. Giftedness is a sort of transcendent quality. To be gifted in something goes far beyond just being talented. Some musicians are not just talented, they're, they're gifted. That's true for, for some athletes. They have to, to work at what they do, there's no doubt about that, but what they do just sort of rises above what others are able to deliver. They're just gifted. The Los Angeles Lakers are vying for their 17th NBA championship they continue to play against a, a pesky Miami Heat team. Their last championship, the Lakers, was in 2010. To nobody's surprise, LeBron James is on that team. Of course, it doesn't hurt that Anthony Davis is on that team as well. LeBron is trying to win championships with three different teams, and if you uh, consider him having left the 
Cleveland Cavaliers and then going back to the Cavs, he's, he's trying to do that for four different teams. He has been a, a real difference maker for the L.A. Lakers uh, until his coming. They had just been sort of mired in mediocrity. LeBron is a gifted player. He has that transcendent quality that rises above the rest. You and I are gifted as well. Think about that. You and I are gifted as well. Our giftedness comes uh, from the Lord. In fact, we, we speak of spiritual gifts, gifts that are, that are bestowed upon us, as we sang just a bit ago, endued uh, to the church, gifts that come from the Lord. God blesses us, each and every one of us, with certain gifts certain spiritual gifts. So the church is built up and the kingdom prospers. You are gifted. The gifts God gives are a matter of grace. They are freely given. The, the Greek word for gift and the Greek word for grace have essentially the, the same root. They are intrinsically tied together, gift and, and grace. Because the, the gifts God bestows are a matter of grace, none of us can lay claim to the fact that they are anything less, anything less than the work of God. We do well to consider the work of God's grace in our lives and the gifts He bestows upon our lives. We'd also do well to consider how we might use those gifts, those spiritual gifts to the glory of God and His kingdom. God's grace is always at work, and Paul was very much aware of that even as he writes in this fourth chapter of Ephesians. In, uh, in his letter to the church in Ephesus, Paul spends the first three chapters talking about the basics of the Christian faith. And grace is front and center among them. In particular, Paul talks about grace and its tie to salvation. You know that great passage from, from Ephesians 2.8 where, where Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Beginning, though, with... Uh, with Ephesians 4, Paul shifts gears. He begins to talk about the church. And in so doing, he begins to talk about grace as it relates to church and those who make it up. He, he writes in, in Ephesians 4, verse 7, but to each of us, grace has been given as Christ has appointed it. To each of us, grace has been given. Paul realizes that, that Jesus is the one who orders his church, and he does that as a matter of grace. It's a free gift. It's a free gift of, of his love. The free gift of his love is evident then for, for everybody to see that gift, that grace at work within the life of the church, at work in the lives of those who make up the church is evident even to this day, I hope we have a, an awareness of that, that God is fast at work in the free gift of His love to, to form us individually 
and to form us as a church. Christ is always at work to form not only each and every one of us as individuals, but to form his church. Christ is all about assembling who he needs to do what he needs to get done. I have been witness to that over and over and over again down through the years. I notice that uh, presently as things relate to, to our ministry together at St. John. I've, I've, I've noticed that uh, time and again at, 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 at other places where, where I have served. Christ is all about assembling the very people, the very people with the, the, the very gifts and graces in order to, to make sure that the church is strong, that it is vital, and that it is uh, very much at, at work to bring about a furtherance of God's kingdom. Jesus, by his grace, empowers and equips each of us for service in his kingdom. When an employer is uh, looking to hire somebody, that employer usually posts a job description. That employer will also list some of the qualities that are needed for the job. And a lot of those uh, things are going to be going on as so many people are, are unemployed uh, here in the present day. If you remember from last week, Paul challenged the church at Ephesus to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And that same challenge is extended to you and me, to live a life worthy of the calling that, uh, that you have received. Those who are part of the church are to be humble, gentle, patient. We are to bear with one another in love and to make every effort to stay unified, all because of the Spirit's work in our midst. And as we said last week, those, those things that we just listed of humility, of, of gentleness, of patience, of, of love, and of, of unity, those are qualities that are needed for the job Christ has for us to do. And so Paul lists those qualities. They are qualities uh, for the job that is offered. As we said last week, you and I are to huddle up when it comes to our common life together. We are to make every effort to, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the, bond of pre, uh, through the bond of peace. There's not much place for a no-huddle offense when it comes to the church. Now, sometimes that can be effective on the football field, but that's never effective when it comes to the life of the church. We are to huddle up, to be together, to live and, and grow with one another, exuding the sort of qualities that, that Paul lists uh, as a matter of, uh, of the tasks that Christ has for us. We are to, uh, to be together so that we might be stronger then to go forth and to share the, the good news that is Christ for all the world. So let us say it yet again. We are all in this together. I've often said that when it comes to church, what, what I do is no more or no less important than, than what you do. 
And I had to think about that again, even as I uh, uh, considered uh, sharing that for this sermon. And I think you need to consider that as well. What I do is no more or no less important than what you do. I may have a different place in the body with a, a different function, to be sure, but it is by no means more important for the church to be truly healthy. We all need to find our rightful place within the body and then go for it, sitting in the stands or standing on the sidelines watching me or the rest of the staff do our thing without really engaging is just not going to cut it. The body will never be healthy unless we all find our place within the body and unless we all seek to do our part to make the body healthy. And as the body is healthy, then, then certainly uh, fruit will be born for God's kingdom. There will be uh, those in the, in the harvest fields bringing the harvest in. The mission of the church was intended all along to be shared by the whole body. And sometimes we lose sight of that. Instead of all of us engaging, instead of all of us doing our part within the body, we're content to make this more so a, a spectator sport. James Merritt has uh, written that placing one's gifts at the church's disposal is a divine command. It's, it's not just some some this, that, or the other. It's not something that we can take or, or leave. It is a divine command to place one's gifts at the church's disposal. He even goes on to, to ask, what's greater than investing your life in serving Jesus through the church? A first grade teacher asked uh, her class the question, what do you do at home to help? And one by one, the answers began to come back. One little girl said, I dry the dishes. And one little boy said, I, I feed the dog. And another child said, I sweep the floor. And everybody gave an answer, but one little boy sitting in the back. He didn't say a word, and the teacher looked right at him and asked, Danny, what do you do to help out at home? And he said, I just stay out of the way. Well, let it not be said of us when it comes to the church, that we're just standing out of the way, not participating. In our passage for today from Ephesians 4, 7 through 13, Paul not only lists qualities for ministry, humility and patience, uh, gentleness, love, uh, unity, but he, he mentions roles that are essential for ministry as well. Verses 11 and 12, in effect, are a job description for both pastor and, uh, and, and people. Paul offers a word for the whole church, not just to leadership. So let's read that from Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Paul writes, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for the work of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. 
Now, I'm swayed here that, that Paul offers a word not only to church leadership, but to all who profess faith in Jesus. This is not just a word for those who are in leadership, but it is a word to all who profess their faith in Christ. Remember what Paul said just a bit earlier in verse 7? We read that, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. So Paul lists five things here. He, He talks about apostles. They are the ones who are visionary, always looking to blaze new territory for the kingdom. They are quick to serve Christ by by leading the church into new ways of doing ministry. And there's some apostles who are a part of this church. Paul talks about prophets. They are the ones who seek to hear what God is trying to say. And when they hear it, they are quick to, to pass it along to the rest of the church. Discernment is a, is a big, big deal for, for prophets. Paul talks about uh, evangelists. They are the ones who bring the, the good news about Jesus and are, and are ready in and out of season to, to share that good news. They are quick to remind other Christians that there are a lot of non-Christians out there. and We've got some evangelists as a part of this congregation. Paul talks about pastors. They are the ones who who shepherd the flock. They are quick to care for others with a tender heart. And as we know, even as we have experienced, there are a lot who have the the heart of a pastor who uh, take part in the life of of this church. Paul also talks about teachers. They are are ones who, who seek to explain the truth about Jesus. They, they certainly uh, uh, reckon that truth from the, the Word of God, but they're, they're not at all ashamed to, to share that truth about Christ. And they are quick to enlighten all who will listen. You know, and, and God knows, that there are a lot of uh, teachers who are a part of this uh, fellowship. A fellow by the name of Mike Breen, who for years led a discipleship ministry called 3DM, helped convince me that what Paul lists here are the fundamental roles in the church and that they are not reserved just to those who consider themselves to be in in full-time Christian service. These roles are, as he calls them, apply to everybody. Interestingly, each of us leans toward one or another of these roles, and many have a a combination of them. God has has shaped us that way. Some of us are more into broadening opportunities for ministry. Others are ready to lay out where they feel God is leading. So others are all about leading other people to Jesus. Some are all about extending compassion to those who are hurting, while others are looking for ways to expound on the truth and apply that truth to life. Apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, are the so-called five-fold ministries of the church. Let me suggest to you uh, a tool that might be of some help. As you consider where, uh, where these uh, five-fold ministries uh, live out in, in, in your life, let me, let me uh, encourage you to, uh, to try to answer the question, uh, how does it go for you when you consider these, these five things? Apostles, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, where, where do you fit in? Let me suggest uh, this, that you, uh, you take a few minutes and you fill out a, a survey that I'm confident will help and enlighten you about who it is that Christ is shaping you to be. It's called the, the Five-Fold uh, Survey, and you can find it at www.fivefoldsurvey.com. Just like the gifts that we, uh, we talked about a bit earlier, how God is shaping you for ministry is, um, is a matter of grace. If I heard it once, I heard it um, a hundred times during seminary. Equip the saints for the work of ministry. Equip the saints for the work of ministry. I've taken that very seriously. I take that seriously even to this day. We know it to be borrowed from uh, Ephesians 4.12, Equip the saints for the work of ministry. As we all live out the role Christ is calling us to do, we will soon find ourselves well-equipped as a church and eventually in a much stronger position to further God's kingdom. But first, we've got to work out who it is Christ is shaping me to be and to make good on that by pursuing one or more of these roles. It comes to us to discover the role that Christ wants us to fulfill. We need then to let Christ develop that role to the end that we are effectively deployed for His service. Discover, develop, and deploy. We all need to be a part of that process as we seek to live out who it is that Jesus would have us to be and what he would have us to do. Now, Paul doesn't pull any punches. He doesn't pull any punches when it comes to the church and those who make up the church. He calls us to be built up until we reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Paul's not interested in us just spinning our wheels or wasting our time, and neither is Jesus. The mission is too urgent for us to do that. You know, a bodybuilder can work and, and work building up his or her muscles, and we got to ask, but to what end? All the work is, is for nothing but show. On the other hand, a person can work and work building up his or her muscles to become proficient in, say, some sport. There's a big difference between the two. We do well to, to get out of the stands, 
off the sidelines and into the game when it comes to the ministry of the church. After all, every one of us are gifted to do that very thing. May God bless us all as we do. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you so much for uh, providing, for, for blessing, for shaping us to, to the end that we uh, may be an effective part of the body. We pray, Lord, that we consider the, the gifts that you bestow upon our lives. Lord, we, uh, we pray that we uh, deeply consider and live out those very qualities that you would have us to, to, to be at play in our lives. We pray, Lord, that you help us to consider the, the role or roles that you would have us to, to do within, within your body. Thank you, God for laying claim upon our lives for your grace that brings salvation, for your grace that allows us to be an integral part of your body. We uh, understand that to be uh, a divine privilege. And as we consider uh, that free gift of love, as we consider that divine privilege, may it be that we take seriously living that out within the life of the church. You are great and greatly to be praised. Lord, we count it an honor to be a part of your kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for calling us as you do. This prayer we make in the name of Christ trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Amen. Well, much